Hi, thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to speak with you. My name is Katherine Guidry. I'm a wedding photographer and I am going to be diving into the gear that you absolutely need to photograph a wedding. Before we dive into the content, if you're interested in learning how to price your photography, be sure to download our free pricing guide in the description. Okay, so let's talk about gear. I've been photographing weddings for almost 15 years, and at this point I've done nearly 500 weddings, so I'm pretty familiar with the gear that I have learned you really need in order to execute the job well and get the images that you need on a wedding day. When it comes to gear, it's very personal, so know that this is what I found that works for me, but if you talk to a different photographer, there might be something else that they feel like you need. But what I am focusing on is the gear that really will take you through the wedding and allow you to get a variety of images without feeling bogged down with a ton of gear. Gear can be very expensive. You can feel like you need to have it all, but the truth is you really don't have to have everything in order to create amazing, beautiful, portfolio-worthy imagery. So let's talk about your camera. This is going to vary greatly amongst photographers in the industry because there's brand loyalties, people like certain colors over the other. I actually run a membership called the Wedding Photography Society and it's really interesting interviewing other photographers there because everyone has their preference. But there are a few things that you really wanna make sure that no matter what brand you use, no matter what type of camera that you're using, that you are covered in this way. I wanna make sure that you have a dual card slot camera. What this means is that you have two cards, two memory cards that write backups to one another. So you're not using one card as an overflow, but you're literally making two copies of every single image on both cards. This is really important because I have heard so many stories about photographers who have lost a memory card, maybe one got broken or was corrupt, and so this is a great way to make sure that you are covering your bases in regards to your memory cards. If you're using a dual memory card slot camera, you do wanna make sure that those slots are set to you know, backup each other. And also another little side tip, this has nothing to do with gear per se, but I would not delete your cards until you have those images backed up to a cloud system and to your working hard drive. I just came across someone in a forum talking today about how their one copy of the images on a hard drive was unable to be read. And so we have an entire video on YouTube about our backup process. So be sure to check that out. But let's get back to the gear. When it comes to your camera, I also suggest that you have a full frame camera. This means that you're getting as much information as possible inside of the frame. It doesn't have a crop on that imagery, but you're rather gonna get all the information that you can. It's gonna be higher resolution imagery. And so you're really gonna be able to capture as much information in every single image as possible. You know, when I was shooting with my pre-mirrorless, so right now I'm shooting with the Nikon Z6 II, pre-Nikon Z6 II, I was shooting with the Nikon D3S, and I loved that camera. However, the deciding factor for me in upgrading, in addition to a whole array of things which I've discussed in another video about why I switched to mirrorless, but when I switched, a large part of it was because of the file sizes. I needed more information in those images, and 
once the images are taken, you can't ever go back and add more information into that image. Personally, I don't really love the like 50 plus megapixel images. I really like to stay around like 20 to 25, which is why I really like the Z6 II. I've looked at cameras like the Fuji, GFX, and a variety of other cameras in the Sony line, but I really just love the colors of the Nikon Z6 II. I love the weight of it, and it has really served me well. We switched about, I guess about a year and a half ago, and I've really loved it so far. So we talked about a few aspects of the camera, but I wanna mention a few more because the camera that we're using is really important. You want that camera to be fast and handle low light situations well. Every camera is a little different. Some are gonna be better in a portrait situation, but I am a wedding photographer. And I imagine if you're watching this, you're either a wedding photographer or an aspiring wedding photographer as well. So you really want a camera that's fast, it can handle low light situations, and it's lightweight. We're shooting for long hours, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. And so you want something that's gonna be, it's gonna work well for you. And as someone who has pretty small hands, I felt like the body that I was using before put a lot of strain on my wrists and my hands, so I'm really happy that I did make that switch. Okay, so now let's talk about lenses. Again, this is something that's gonna be highly debated. I use a mix of prime lenses and zoom lenses. I don't suggest just buying a camera and using the kit lens because you're gonna end up with an aperture of something like f4 to 5.6. It's not gonna be a fixed aperture and it's not gonna allow you to really work in low light like you need. It's not gonna give you that beautiful bokeh and the fall off that we all see in those dreamy wedding photos. So what lenses are my favorite? Well, if you haven't seen the video yet, I love the 51.2. That is my absolute favorite new lens from the Nikkor series. It is part of their mirrorless line, and I just absolutely love that lens. It's the closest I've been able to come to the Zeiss lens that I use with my contact 645, the Zeiss 80. You know, it just has this really beautiful bokeh. It's really fast, it focuses in low light, and so I really love that lens. That one is one that I wouldn't necessarily say is the first lens that you have to have, but I would say that when you can afford it, put it in your kit. If you asked me what is the number one lens that you should have, I would say it's the Nikkor 24-70 f2.8. If you're a Canon shooter, maybe it's the 28-70. I would say just something in that range, that zoom fixed aperture lens at the lowest aperture that you can get in that line and something that will give you variety. When you're photographing a wedding, it's very difficult to switch lenses. You're almost better off having two cameras with a prime on each if you like the different focal lengths and then you can just switch cameras. But if you wanna shoot with one body, I think a low, a low aperture, fixed aperture zoom lens is the way to go. So for the, the Nikkor line, the Nikon series, you know, mirrorless cameras, that 24 to 70 right now, the f2.8 is gonna be your best bet. In addition to the 50, I also suggest having a 70 to 200. That lens is really gonna come in handy when you're photographing ceremonies that you can't get close, like church weddings, and that is an f2.8 lens as well. I'm actually using my native 70 to 200, the one that I've been using for a long time, and I just put an adapter on it for it to be compatible with the mirrorless. But in regards to lenses, you could honestly shoot 90, 95% of weddings and the wedding day, if you wanted, in my opinion, with that 
fixed aperture zoom lens. So uh, definitely have one of those in your kit, in my opinion. What you'll wanna stay away from in regards to lenses or those lenses that are, you know, really uh, trending. Like I said, I've been photographing weddings for a good while and I've purchased my fair share of trendy lenses, the tilt shift lens, the fisheye lens. I even used to have a, actually I still have it, I haven't sold it yet, but the micro lens, it's the 60 millimeter Nikkor lens that I would literally just use for like fine details like the rings but now with the new 51.2 I feel like I'm able to get that high-res image on the z6 II, shoot it with the 50 and I can zoom in I'll bump up my aperture a little bit but I can get those ring shots really well and so if I would suggest anything in regards to lenses it would be to kind of stay away from those trendy lenses they're gonna cost you several hundred dollars and in a year or two they're probably gonna go out of style okay when it comes to light at a minimum, you want to have at least a speed light in your kit. A speed light is also known as a flash. It's what's going to go into the hot shoe of your camera. At this point, we're using professional cameras, so you're not going to see cameras with pop-up flashes anymore. You're going to be using your hot shoe or you're going to be triggering that flash on a light stand off camera. But at a base minimum, you do want to have a speed light on your camera. When it comes to choosing the speed light, I would suggest making sure that you have one that does rotate all the way around so that you can bounce behind you, that it does flip up so you can bounce up. You want to have a little bit of maneuverability in your flash. You don't want one that's like fixed that you can't turn or tilt or anything like that. You'll also probably want to have a light stand, especially if you don't have an assistant or a second shooter. I personally love the cheetah stands because you can pick them up and set them down and the legs will go together and then go out so that you can like move it around the venue, which is really nice. So I love the cheetah stands. When I don't have an assistant, I put my speed light or my video light on that. And that leads me to the last lighting essential, which is some sort of video light. I think that's nice to have in your bag. We're not always privileged to work with other videographers. And so it's nice to have something with constant light that you can light details or maybe for an exit if you want to just pop it on and be able to see what you're shooting it's a really nice addition to have in your bag we do carry currently two video lights the one i use the most often is the profoto b10 but i will say as powerful as it is it is pretty big and heavy and the constant running light only lasts for about 15 20 minutes at full charge so we use it very sparingly but it is a really beautiful light it gives good color in fact that is the light that I'm using right now for this video so I use it for a lot of things and and that one is well worth the investment I don't bring a tripod to every single wedding but I do think having a tripod on hand is nice to be able to use on occasion. One thing that we do sometimes is we will set up and record toasts if there's no videographer present. And so we definitely want a still camera for that. And then also if you're doing anything low light, you know, having that tripod set up is really handy. I'm using a tripod right now for this video. So again, a lot of these things that I'm referencing, we use for a variety of different jobs and things that we are producing and putting together for the business. And so you want gear that's flexible. You know, even the Z6 II, we're recording video on it right now. It has amazing video quality. The lens that I'm shooting on right now is the 24 to 70 2.8. So I can zoom out and be able to sit this close to the camera. So having gear that is 
really flexible and able to be used in a variety of applications is super nice. One of the biggest surprises that I had when I switched to mirrorless was how many batteries this camera goes through. When I was with my D3S, I think we used maybe four batteries a wedding. Now we're looking at more like seven to eight. So you're definitely gonna up the number of batteries that you need for a wedding. Make sure you have ample chargers. We do pack chargers with us for a wedding day, like in our bag, just in case for whatever reason, I thought something was charged and it wasn't. That has definitely happened to me before. You wanna make sure you label all your memory cards, pack extra rechargeable batteries too. We use rechargeable double A's. I think it's called like in a loop. I'll show those here on the screen. Rechargeable batteries are great if it's the type of battery that can be recharged. I know for example, like my contacts 645 does not use a rechargeable battery, unfortunately, but anytime we can use rechargeable batteries, we do because we're doing this for the long haul. We're doing a ton of weddings a year. And so we want to be able to recharge our gear and not have to constantly be replacing batteries. It's better for the environment and better for your pocketbook too. Okay, let's talk about bags. So what am I actually storing my camera gear in? I have a rolling think tank bag, the one that is able to travel internationally in the carry-on area. And so that is like where I keep my backup camera, which you definitely wanna have one of those on a wedding day too, backup lenses. You don't wanna just go to a wedding with one camera because what if something happens and you don't have a second? And even if you do have a second, you're not always together and you don't wanna be in a situation where like, you're photographing the ceremony and your camera doesn't work. So I keep my backup gear in there, any lenses that I'm not using at that exact moment. It's mainly like where I keep most of the gear to roll around that I'm gonna need throughout the wedding day, but not necessarily in that moment. The two bags that I keep on me at different times would be the Ona Chelsea bag. You know, if I'm in a situation where I need more than one or two lenses, water, things like that, it can hold, it has four compartments. So it's a little bit of a bigger bag that I can hold on me. It looks like a purse. I absolutely love it. People think it's a purse all the time. And then I also just recently purchased the Kindly Cali bag. And that bag is great if say I'm shooting a reception and I just want to keep an extra lens on me. It's perfect for that. It can hold camera and a lens or a lens and a flash. It's really small, but that's all that I need sometimes. But it's great because I don't have to go all the way back to my big bag in order to access what I need. So that is kind of my bag setup and what I find has worked really well for me. I have and still do on occasion if I'm shooting film and digital use the whole fast moneymaker strap with two cameras. I've also used the spider belt, but for the most part, I just like to use one camera on a Hello London strap and then put whatever I don't need in either the Chelsea bag or the Cali bag. I mentioned backup gear. I didn't want to brush over that and not make it like a true bullet point. So make sure that you have backup gear. And then the last thing that you want to make sure that you have in your bag is an extra pair of shoes. I do a shoe change. I wear booties for the first part of the day. And then after the formal dances, I'll switch into the Cole Haan Grand Zero shoes that are still dressy, but like a little bit more comfortable. I think regardless of what type of shoe you use, it's nice to do a shoe change at some point in the day. So having comfy shoes is also part of our gear. That is very important. Gear is a whole thing. It takes a lot of time to figure out what's gonna work for you, but I hope at least that this video can become a great starting point to help you make some decisions about 
what can be a great setup as you enter into your weddings or up level your current system for wedding photography. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to leave them in the video below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, you can also join us at the Catherine Guidry community on Facebook to connect directly. So thank you again. I really appreciate you and I hope to see you in the next episode. Oh,